From Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Facts matter. Information is important. And as much as we love speculation when it comes to where Aaron Rodgers is going to go, shouldn't we at least be armed with the information of what's realistic when we have these wild conversations about what's next for Aaron? It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. And Harry, I got educated this morning. I'm going to be honest with you. I had no idea. I'm sitting there. I'm making my eggs. I'm making my little protein bagel. I'm doing all the food things that I got to do in the morning so that I can look yoked like Harry Douglas one day. I'm going through my whole journey this morning. And all of a sudden, I said, do what? Because I heard Mike Tannenbaum say something that I have not heard a single time. A new piece of information that is wildly important when it comes to the conversation about where Aaron Rodgers is headed. I was blown away to find out that it is not as simple as just, well, we're going to go get Aaron Rodgers. It will take more than that. In fact, I'm just going to peek behind the curtain here. I don't have the sound here, guys, so I'll have to have you guys play it. But here is what uh, Mike Tannenbaum said this morning on Get Up, ESPN NFL front office insider, somebody that understands the salary cap better than anybody. This is what he said about why there's urgency right now for every team looking at Aaron Rodgers. The team acquiring Aaron Rodgers has to have $60 million available in cap space for at least one day. Once the Raiders, the Jets, whomever acquire Aaron Rodgers, they can renegotiate the contract and lower the cap number. But for one day, they have to have their room of $60 million to acquire that contract for the Packers. That's why you're 100% right, Greeny. While the trade will be official on March 15th, that team has to move heaven and earth, presumably, to create that sort of cap room of $60 million well before March 15th cutting players, renegotiating players. So there's a massive sense of urgency if you really want to acquire Aaron Rodgers and have the cap space to do it. Harry, there are only two teams right now, neither of which are in the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes, that have the available money. And the important point there is you can't just trade for Aaron Rodgers. Day two, you can rework his contract. But day one, when you acquire him, you have to have $60 million. This speaks to why there is urgency, because frankly, if a team wants to do this, they better start talking to their stars now about who's going to take less money and how they're going to renegotiate deals. I think that's massive news and big news. But, Fitz, I would give yourself a lot of credit because you have stated multiple times that it's not just as easy as a lot of people would think to trade for Aaron Rodgers. There's a lot of hoops you got to go through, a lot of hurdles, a lot of ring of fire that you have to go through to, to acquire Aaron Rodgers throughout a trade. And right now the only two teams that have that cap space, $60 million, is the Chicago Bears and the Atlanta Falcons. Those are the two teams who have the most cap space. You talk about the New York Jets, right, because he's linked to them. Well, they're a million dollars over the cap right now for 2023. And there are ways around it, though. You can release players and, you know, have that, you know, that truth with one another. Like, hey, we're going to re-sign you. We just need for this one day to be able to get this done, to acquire Aaron Rodgers and tell everyone the whole situation. So there are ways around it, but – when you're already in the hole a million dollars cap space wise, that's a lot of that's a lot of players that you have to go to. Because you don't have that many players on your roster that, you know, that's making twenty million, thirty million, 
you know, $18 million per year. So you're going to have to go through a lot of players to try to get this deal done to acquire Aaron Rodgers. Is it worth it? Probably. Maybe, because we know the talent that Aaron Rodgers is from the quarterback position. But the word urgency, though, fits. That's why it's imperative for Aaron Rodgers to let people know what he wants to do. But people don't have time. Listen, time is precious. Don't waste it. Miss Mary Kaiser, my, my, my 12th grade history teacher, she always told me that time is precious, especially mine. Don't waste it. Time is of the essence right now in this situation, and Aaron Rodgers needs to make a decision. Well, because to your point, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, Fitz and Harry, uh, Fitz and Harry is presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly 700 bucks on average. Call or click today. Find out if they could save you hundreds on your car insurance. To your point, it's not as simple as, you know, Aaron Rodgers finally calls the Packers and says, okay, this is where we want to be. And then he calls the Jets or the Packers call the Jets and say, he'd like to be there. We'll allow you guys to speak. It's not that simple. Then Mm -hmm. you've got the Packers having to have a conversation with the Jets of what they want in return. And then the Jets having their own internal conversations about how they're even going to make it happen. And so you start to look at some of that. And this is where it becomes interesting because you just said, is it worth it? Well, what defines worth it? We'll play it for you later, but I just minutes ago heard our own Greeny saying he would he would gladly chop off a pinky toe to get Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. My question is, for what? Like, because if you get Aaron Rodgers, the expectation is you better right then, that day, that instant, that moment, know you are damn sure that you are better than Buffalo, that you are better than Kansas City, that you are better than Cincinnati. You got to be better than all of them because you aren't acquiring Aaron Rodgers for nothing. You're giving up draft equity. You're reworking contracts. You're trying to get in the Super Bowl conversation, which is why I was also stunned this morning on Get Up when Dan Orlovsky clearly talked about what the Jets would have to give up to get Aaron Rodgers. This is what he said, H.C. Who are the names of guys that they would have to likely get rid of if they signed Aaron Rodgers, right? It was Mosley was one of them. C.J. Mosley was one of them. Lawson, Who else? Lawson. Carl Lawson. Corey Davis. Corey Davis. Okay, and Corey yeah. Davis. So That's you mean start. to tell me that I've built this roster. It's a playoff caliber roster. And I understand this is not a good situation for the Jets, but we have to do everything we can, and we're going to wait on bended knee for Aaron Rodgers and the veteran leadership that I might have in my locker room, I got to get rid of. I got to get rid of it, and we're, we're going to bring, and Aaron's a four billion times greater talent than most people who have played in the NFL. But there's a lot that comes with them, right, personality-wise. and care, you, you, You're going to get rid of the, the leadership that you do have, and now we're going to bring that in? Harry, I think he makes a strong point there. Like, whatever team acquires, if we're talking about having to get rid of contracts to make Aaron Rodgers viable, even for a day, then wherever he goes is going to be lessened by his acquisition around him, and then they're going to have to rebuild. Not to mention, if you don't get this done until March 15th, how are you even going to be a player at the beginning of free agency to help whatever you want to help? Yeah, two players that that Dan Orlowski just named right there. Uh, We talk about this defense being a top-five defense last year and being the staple for this Jets team and what everybody considered as a sure thing when they stepped out on the football field week in and week out. Well, the two guys that were just mentioned right there, C.J. Mosley, well, he led them in tackles last year. We know what he means to that defense from a veteran standpoint. Carl Lawson, well, he was second in sacks last year on that, on the, on that Jets defense. So you talk about two guys right there, Corey Davis. I know him very well. I played with him. He was one of my rookies when I was in Tennessee. Phenomenal guy, a phenomenal guy that can lead – um, his attitude, the way he approaches the game, another huge piece to what the Jets want to do and, and how they want to be successful from the offensive side of things. Uh, so that's three people right there that are that, that old enough, they're veterans, like, like, like was just mentioned by Dan Orlowski, that 
you know, I don't know if you really want to get rid of for Aaron Rodgers uh, on top of not knowing, am I going to have Aaron Rodgers for more than one year? Am I going to have him two years? Like, you, you, don't, you still don't know these things. So it's, it's, it's mind-boggling right now for the Jets and for a lot of people, honestly. That's the other part that blew my mind this morning. Really hearing Tannenbaum break down likely what would be a two-year, $120 million contract rework, a first-round draft pick, and getting rid of these. So now I'm going to present you Lady Liberty with her justice scales standing in front of us, right? I'm the New York <laughs> football Jets, and I've got all my action figures. All my players are action figures right now. I've got Derek Carr over here, and I put him on one side. i got Derek Carr, and I don't have to get in or any, rid of any. Any of the rest of my toys. In fact, if I need to rework contracts, I can use that to bring in extra toys. So I can have Derek Carr and all the rest of the toys I have here. Or, on the other side of it, I can have Aaron Rodgers. But in order to have Aaron Rodgers, I also have to give up this first-round draft pick that will have meaning to me at some point. Joe Douglas has shown that. I will have to give up uh, a ton of money. We know that. But I'll also have to give up these three contracts around here. I'm going to do all of that, and then I have to look at the sum of the whole now what do I have? Which which collection is better? Derek Derek Carr, where nothing else had to change, or Aaron Rodgers, where a bunch had to change, and you may only get Aaron Rodgers for one year, where you can get Derek Carr, who is not as good as Aaron Rodgers, but he will give you stability at the position for three, four, five years if you want him to. Like This, to me, is another clear example. If Aaron Rodgers wants to go somewhere, the Jets don't necessarily make as much sense as you and I, and not necessarily you and I, but as the media wants to make it. And Fitz, also, Derek Carr brings a sense of leadership, right? We've seen Derek Carr go through tragic things with the Las Vegas Raiders, uh, from Henry Ruggs to John Gruden to uh, Arnett, the, the cornerback, mm. and kept that, that franchise afloat to the point of where they made the playoffs, right, the year before last, before losing to the Cincinnati Bengals in the first round, the wild card weekend. So we know the leader that Derek Carr is, Aaron Rodgers, um, we knew at one point he was a, a, a decent leader, but we don't know what, what that's going to look like in a New York Jets uniform because we've seen what it looks like in a Green Bay Packers uniform the last few years. So that, that's still up in the air. But when, as far as Derek Carr, we know what he's going to be from a leader at the quarterback position throughout your entire team. If Derek Carr goes to the Jets, but the Jets have to give up other key pieces in the process and a draft pick, the Jets are not better than the Bills to me. The Jets are not better to the, than the Chiefs to me. The Jets are not better than the Bengals to me. They're a very good football team, but if everybody plays out to the best of their potential, the Jets are a top-five team in the AFC, all right? If he really wants to win a Super Bowl, Green Bay is where he has the best shot to do that. I'm sorry, but for all of the conversation about moving around, and maybe Green Bay doesn't want him anymore. Maybe he doesn't want to be in Green Bay anymore. But there's one place next year where Green Bay or where Aaron Rodgers is a Super Bowl contender, and to me, that is squarely in Green Bay. We'll keep breaking it down. I got to credit Dan Orlovsky, Mike Tannenbaum, Greeny, the entire crew at Get job. Up. They did a great job. Great job. Uh, as much as we've been covering this for months – uh, today I learned something new, and that's tough to do. So I want to credit the guys. Uh, hopefully you learned something through that process as well because this is all eye-opening eye for all of us. Speaking of eye-opening, did the Mavericks show us both the best and worst of what's to come for them as we get close to the playoffs? I'll explain it to you next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. It's Fitz and Harry. ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. There's one thing we know, it's Friday. That means we're here to set the mood, Harry. 
We're going to use Friday afternoon to get everybody ready for Friday night. Mm-hmm. We're also going to figure out, working on the technology here, trying to create it. We're going to create a playlist on Spotify where everybody can get it, but we'll put the playlist out there for you. You can follow us on Twitter, by the way, not only HDouglas83, Jason Fitz, but also... I, f- I forgot to tell you, I'm so addicted. I'm so addicted to Fitz and Harry, baby. All night long, baby. Fitz and Harry is also on <laughs> Twitter. You can get to us there. Oh, I love those sweet, sweet vocals. I'm just saying, Javante on the board. One for one, buddy. Javante uh, coming in hot with this. We will put the playlist out there. You can get your suggestions to us, too. All right, so speaking of late nights, because hopefully it's a late night for everybody tonight on Friday night. It was a late night for me last night, Sports Center on Snapchat. Uh, by the way, there's uh, Sports Center is the only reason that a grown ass man should ever be on Snapchat. Let me be very clear about that. Uh, now that I've said that, uh, Sports Center on Snapchat out there last night, and uh, the NBA, we all know, is king uh, on that platform. I talk about that a lot, but our whole room was going nuts last night. HD, like we're sitting there. It's Fitz and Harry, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, presented by Progressive Insurance, and you know we're sitting there around the conference room, and I'm watching something I cannot believe I'm seeing. You're talking about a four point game at the half, all right, between Dallas. Uh, and uh, and the 76ers last night. And then all of a sudden, I'm watching a third quarter that is one for the ages. I'm watching a third quarter where Luka is not – he stepped back. He's up for it. There's two people in his face a couple of times. Does not matter. Between Luka and Kyrie, they both go off for 40-plus points the first time ever that two Mavs teammates in the same game have done that. They go off. They don't even miss a shot for over half of the third, and they are being blanketed. And I'm watching it, and I'm thinking, oh, my God. This is why everybody loves the Mavericks. This is why they're going to win. They're up by 25. You flash forward about six minutes later, and all of a sudden it's a four-point game in the fourth because they let the 76ers back in, mostly with the subs from Philly. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, this is why everybody's out on Dallas. We saw the best and the worst of the Mavs. We saw every reason I want them to be great in the playoffs and every reason I do not trust them in the playoffs all in the same half of a basketball game. Even in a win, I did not walk away with that more comfortable with Dallas. Yeah, and the obvious in the room is the the offensive of, of, of clinic that two guys put on from an individual standpoint. Uh, Luka Doncic scoring 42 points and Kyrie Irving scoring 40 points. Listen, we're never going to question how these guys and the ability of these guys are putting the basketball in the basket. Uh, unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, when it comes to a basketball game, fits you have to play this thing called defense. And <laughs> games are won or lost on that side of the ball as well. And I'm, the start of the fourth quarter, right, and I had to write this stuff down. The start of the fourth quarter, the Mavericks were up 19 points. Less than a minute and 30 within that fourth quarter, the Sixers cut the lead down to 10 points. At the 9.22 mark in the fourth quarter, it was a four-point Mavs lead. Now, let's take some time off. You go down to about 310 left in the fourth quarter. The Mavericks are up 16 points, Fitz. With 31 seconds left in that game, the Mavs are only up five points. And I'm scratching my head because I'm watching it because I was on the airplane coming back from Las Vegas. And I'm scratching my head, and I know what happened, but I'm scratching my head saying, how was this even possible? Is, is, are they allergic to playing defense? Is defense that hard of a thing to do? To where the Dallas Mavericks just say, you know what, damn it, we don't want to play it. We don't want to have anything to do with it. Because that's what I witnessed. Yes, they got a win. They scored 133 points. But you gave up 126. 
And it was a possibility that you could have lost the game easily after being up by so many points. So that's the problem that I have with the Mavericks moving forward, and especially when it comes playoff time. Are we going to get 40 a night from both Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic in the play? No, that's not going to happen. As great as they are scoring the basketball, you're not going to outscore everybody all the time because you're going to run into a team that, guess what, plays defense. And defense means something to them. And you're not going to be able to score 40 apiece a night, especially if the opposing team has superstars on that team and they play defense well. I just don't think it can happen. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't even think it, it necessarily will take a defense to shut them down. It just takes going cold. Like when I was watching in the third quarter and watching Luca especially, like uh, the just the shot. Even the commentators in the game were at one point saying, "This is incredible, right?" Like guys that are calling these games every single night are watching it, saying, "What are we seeing right now?" Because shot after shot after shot, contested shot after shot after shot, kept going in. But then all of a sudden they got cold. And what really hit me there is like you're living and dying by that. I mean, you're living and dying at some point on your ability to hit those shots and it worked for him last night I, 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 no no, no discredit to that but man if they're having a night where they're of? not if, if it's not falling one night if Kyrie doesn't go six for eight from three they're not going to be able to stay in those games you want to know who it reminds me of remember that Houston Rockets versus the Golden State Warriors matchup where the Rockets were up in that series and I think it was either it may have been game five or six or maybe seven one of those games where the Rockets kept taking a ton of threes because that's what they did mm-hmm and they couldn't hit them to save their lives. Yeah, I think that was game seven. And the, and the Golden State Warriors won that se- ended up winning that series. You live by the three, you die by the three. Yeah. Like, I, you, can't, you, you can't just rely on, you know, the individual scoring. It's great, you know, when, when guys are on and, like, NBA Jam, he's on fire. It's mm-hmm. great then. But at some point, you have to play defense. You have to be able to stop people as well. I mean, I just kept watching. Kyrie went 6 of 8 from 3. Uh, Doncic, uh, 7 of 13 from 3. Uh, but in the third quarter, neither of them could miss. I mean, neither of them could miss at all. And it was stunning to see it. Now, I will say in fairness, I saw a little bit of what I don't trust in the 76ers too because you just mentioned that Rockets mm-hmm. team that collapsed. Part of that, as we used to joke, was that James Harden just seemed to forget how to basketball. Last night, you mentioned it was a five-point game with about 30 seconds left. There was a key play late in that game. Harden's driving the lane, and all of a sudden, for whatever reason, he just makes this two-handed pass over his head behind him that looked like that uncoordinated kid in the gym that was never going to see the ball again. Like, I was yelling at the TV at that point because you had such an opportunity opportunity to try and control it and Harden didn't you know Harden and and Maxie both had plays late in that game that were paramount when it was a five six point game they had both of them had you know those brain fart plays that all of a sudden led to points the other direction and kept them out of it Philly had every chance to win this game they're going to look back at a couple of those mistakes and say man we could have should have would have been better in that situation so we saw failings from both sides you know what else is weird to me and I understand for a, a, a long portion of this season, Tyrese Maxey has been that third score for them. But the way Tobias Harris plays the game, he's so valuable to me. He cannot only have six shots in that game. I, I just He just can't. He only had six shots, uh, went four for six, had ten points. And, you know, TNT played an interview with Reggie Miller and Doc Rivers, right? And, you know, Reggie Miller asked Doc Rivers who was his third guy. And he said, you know what, we – we have, we have Tyrese Maxey and Tobias Harris, and I thought it was kind of weird that he said both guys. But, um, and then Charles Barkley and those guys made the statement that, 
You know, you have to know who your number three is. And in that situation, I agree with them. You can't say, hey, we got two guys. No, one of those guys has to be the number three. But also, when you have a guy like Tobias Harris that can play the game very well, he can shoot the three, he can play mid-range, he can play with his back to the basket, he has to have more than six shots. I mean, I understand Embiid and Harden, um, and, and Maxie took 21 shots, and Embiid had 21, Harden had 12, but we're talking about Tobias Harris. Like, it's no way he should go into a game with only six shots. I don't care how much other guys are shooting. Yeah, last night showed us the best and worst of both sides, but I didn't walk away from it any more confident in Dallas. Even though they got the win, they did what we know they can do. When they do it well, they're tough to beat, but I don't trust that every night in the playoffs. You can tune in to NBA action tomorrow night. The Bucks host that Sixers team we were just talking about, presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 8 p.m. Eastern on select ESPN radio stations. Speaking of Luka. Coming up, you'll hear why a future basketball Hall of Famer doesn't believe Luka is getting the criticism he should be getting. We'll tell you about that next. But first, Harry, going to tell you about Granger. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge to, and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. If Boys to Men doesn't make it every Friday somewhere in this playlist, it is faulted. By the way, we need to get Sean Stockman on the show. I'm just saying. He's got uh, new music coming out. Actually, Sean has new music out I believe today. So get out and stream it wherever you stream your music. Chance to hear a little bit of Sean Stockman. Support a little boys to men. They're still out there touring too. Doing God's work. Kicking butt, taking names. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. I got some memories to this song, Harry. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm in my feels right now. <laughs> I, I, I can see. Trust <laughs> me. <laughs> Harry Douglas, But, you, but, you, but you know why? This was one of the songs that I chose today because, you know, Christine Lisi does a lot for us you know when we're in studio you're there every day when I'm up there and she likes boys to men she likes Barry White so you know what I said let me choose a boys to men song for Christine Lisi so this is for you Christine oh hey Devin producer extraordinaire I'm a humble brag here uh yeah. Sean uh he came on our digital show we interviewed him in the past we follow each other on social media yeah. want to have everybody clip this off send it to him maybe we can get him come on the show oh easy Tell us the keys to making a great love-making song. I, 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 won't, I, won't ask him, I won't ask him that question, but maybe you can if you want. I will. Uh, Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. I'm telling you, Fridays hit different around here. They just hit different. O'Reilly Auto Parts hit different, too. You can check out O'Reilly Auto Parts Power Torque Tools DIY Days. Sale is going on now. Save on hand tools, power tools, and more. Shop in store or, uh, or online at O'ReillyAuto.com. Okay. We were just talking about Luka and the Mavs, and I think you and I both have some real questions about Dallas's ability to get out there and play, I don't know, any defense. But that being said, we don't have a lot of questions about Luka, who we're watching ascend to superstardom in front of our very eyes. That being said, some people think that maybe we should have some questions, at least maybe that there's a double standard. This is what Draymond Green, we all know Draymond, Warriors uh, superstar, said on the Draymond Green show on Volume Sports about a double standard between the way we treat American and European players. 
I saw a list today Stephen A put out. And like it was like players with under the most pressure to win a championship. I think James Harden was one, CP was two, Jason Tatum was three, Joker was four. Joker has two MVPs, more than likely about to be a third MVP. Mm-hmm. And he's older than JT. Why is it that he's fourth, but JT's third? And and Luca wasn't even on the list, right? Like mm-hmm. now you obviously Luca's a little younger than JT. I feel like over the years, European players has not had the same, um, caught the same flat of winning a championship as U.S. players, and I don't understand that. Harry, I I know where Draymond's coming from on the one hand, but I think he's losing a lot of uh, context here. Because to me, pressure comes with being a superstar. And you can be an MVP and not be a superstar. Hear me out. I mean, if Jokic walked into a Starbucks today, how many people would say, oh, my God, that's Jokic? You and I have talked on this show a bunch about the branding issue they have with a two-time, soon-to-be, three-time defending MVP, right? We don't have that branding. When you play for the Celtics and you're Jason Tatum, there's a different level of pressure. You are a different kind of star. Like, it's not always about being the best. It's about the pressure that comes with certain brands and certain players that are affiliated with certain brands. Well, I'll be honest. I think, you know, Nikola Jokic needs to be higher on that list because he has been back-to-back MVP of the National Basketball Association. And I'm going to take you all back in time. Not Not too far back, though. You know, the Los Angeles Lakers... Uh, won an NBA championship, right? And in the Western Conference that year, they went up against the Denver Nuggets. So now you have Jokic versus Anthony Davis, right? And it's crazy because y'all know how we talk about Anthony Davis? Guess who outshined Jokic in that series? It was Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis had a a dog performance uh, within that Western Conference series, and then you had Jokic, another, another big. Did Jokic play good? Yes, but he wasn't dominant like Anthony Davis was. So he's been to a Western Conference Finals. He's been back-to-back MVP of the NBA, but he does not have a final NBA Finals appearance. When I look at Chris Paul, Chris Paul definitely deserves to be on that list. He is older. Um, I can't help but think about him and James Harden. I'm going to put those two guys together. In 2017-2018 season, they were up 3-2 versus the uh, Golden State Warriors. And then they lost all the rest of those games. Right, the Golden State Warriors were able to go to the forefront and win those games, but they shot seven for 44 from <laughs> from the three-point line, and Chris Paul got hurt and didn't play in a few of those last games that were played. Also, Chris Paul had an opportunity to win an NBA championship, being up 2-0 against the Milwaukee Bucks, but then Drew Holiday really putting his staple on that game and made things difficult for Chris Paul in those regards. Jason Tatum, we just seen him last year. Uh, against the Golden State Warriors, and he didn't have a great finals appearance. And that's on his mind right now to this day. He wants to have an opportunity to redeem himself. When it, As far as Luka, Luka and Tatum are the same age right now. Both of these guys are 24. But when I look at the team that L- Luka is on, they made the Western Conference Finals last year, and I don't know how in the hell they did. It's, I'm going to be honest <laughs> with you. I, I, I had – it's no way I, I would have bet every dollar to my name that they wouldn't have made uh, wouldn't have made the Western Conference Finals a year ago, but they made it, right? Uh, Jalen Bronson played a huge part in that because when Luca was out early in uh, in that playoff uh, run, he was able to hold the fort down. But Luca hasn't had the players around him like all the other guys that we're mentioning right now, right? Luca's still trying to figure things out, and you bring in a Kyrie Irving for those guys try to see. Uh, 
how does Luca play with another superstar beside him? How does Luca play with another guy is a, a great individual score? They're still trying to figure those things out. So I think that's why Luca's not on the list for me. Uh, there's just so much context to all of this. Like pressure comes from what you've accomplished and then from what you're expected to accomplish. And frankly, if you over if you exceed expectations, then that doesn't always raise pressure. It's different in every situation. You know, you can have somebody go in and have the season of their life, the playoff run of their life, the championship of their life. Uh, all of these things partially raise pressure. But when you are sitting, for example, you know, if you want to talk about uh, Tatum, when you're sitting with the Celtics, who this year do have a different level of pressure on them, there there are more eyeballs on their team, like the team of the Celtics has more pressure. So why would the players uh, involved in that not also have more pressure? Like, I I don't think that there's some uh, some moment here where we're looking at Jokic and we're saying, well, you know, he's just a European guy. We're not going to put that level of pressure on him. I don't feel like that at all. Like, Jokic, good or bad, is an invisible superstar on good or bad, an invisible basketball team. Ask ourselves this. When's the last time a single show on ESPN – led with a huge topic about the Nuggets. Like, it just doesn't happen. And it, it, I know they're a very good basketball team, but they just don't move the needle the same way. And if you're part of a brand that doesn't move the needle the same way, then the pressure is going to be different on you than if you are part of a brand that moves the needle at a different rate. Like, that's just part of what comes but, but, uh, but, with branding. But I will say this, though. Like, I, I don't think that excuse, you know, the fact that Jokic need to win a championship – because now you're in a conversation of him potentially being back-to-back-to-back MVP winner, right? And we're going to see how these guys are going to do in the playoffs, but he hasn't had a, a finals appearance to show for it. He it hasn't. It, and, and that's true. Uh, do we genuinely think, though, if he wins a title? So, I guess if he wins a title, suddenly this whole MVP era takes a different, t- total different tone. I, I will give you that. If he doesn't win a title, we'll just continue to laugh about the invisible MVP. Uh, like, you know, but but you're not wrong. It, it's just interesting. I don't think it's necessarily the background. I think it has more to do with what's happening right now in the league. We'll see where it goes. But we also know that Brian Windhorst, one of the best NBA voices we have. All right. One of our favorites, a regular on this show. He said something yesterday on Candy and Carlin that was absolutely jaw dropping. You'll hear it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. I'm telling you, I feel like I'm becoming a man again in this show today. A lot, a lot of my childhood coming out here. Whew. I lay down my jacket so you can walk over a puddle. Oh, man. Yeah. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. Javante is just bringing it today. Absolutely bringing it. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series XM, Channel 80, setting the mood for you. Hope you have a great Friday night. All right. We're going to do something new. We're just making this up on the fly at this point. All right, because I'm sitting here and I'm just casually listening to our buddies, Kenny and Carlin, and everybody's having a perfectly normal day. And all of a sudden, Wendy said, what? Which is just exactly how we're going to bring this in whenever. <laughs> Wendy said, what? All right, like I'm, I'm just sitting here shooketh by something that our own ESPN NBA reporter Brian Windhorst said. This was his comment about who the NBA favorite is to win it all. 
I know that they haven't had it, and uh, Steph is, uh, you know, be coming back here from this leg injury in the next few days. And, um, you know, Wiggins is away with personal issues. They still don't have their whole team. But when they've had their whole team this year, the numbers demonstrate that it's still the best lineup. And, you know, they've kind of, because the Mavericks have gone in reverse, they just, you know, they're waking up here in fifth place. Yeah. Uh, with Steph coming back. It's not like they're looking they, – when he left, they were in the play-in. Right. They've advanced. And I guess it's partially because the teams in front of them have struggled. The Clippers signed Westbrook and have gone backwards. So um, they're, in a, they're in a good position potentially even to get home court in the first round, which you know their road record is what you would circle and say, boy, that's problematic. Their defense is problematic. But when those guys have been together, they've been impressive. Uh, he's telling everybody what you've been saying for a minute. Nobody wants to take on the Warriors. He's saying they are the favorite. Are you buying this? Well, uh, I wouldn't put them as a favorite right now. Um, I still will have the Suns with them adding KD. But you can't ignore or erase the championship pedigree that these guys have. we got to be honest now. Steph Curry's only played 38 games this season. Andrew Wiggins, he's battled injuries. injuries. He's away for personal reasons at the moment. He's only played 37 games this season. Um, I like the emergence of Jonathan Kaminga and how he's been playing of late. Also, DiVincenzo, the way he has added that uh, defensive mind and also being able to knock down the three and be that orchestrator from the point guard position. I, I like this team. Klay Thompson has really played well over the last uh, month or so. I like where the Golden State Warriors are right now. Now, the, the bad thing for the Phoenix Suns is that you don't want to match up with them because right now the Phoenix Suns have the fourth seed and the Golden State Warriors are at five. You don't want to match up with them in your first round game. You just really don't. And that would really be a bummer, you know, to see those two teams go at it in, in round one. That's something I would, you know, rather see in the Western Conference Finals. But I'm never going to count Golden State out as long as they have that three, those three core guys who've won four championships together. And then the pieces surrounding them step up when they need to. Uh, Jordan Poole, last night, the man had 22 points in the third quarter. So he's another – the third splash brother, right? Uh, the honorable mention splash brother who, who's, who's been able to, you know, knock down buckets. Has his play been up to the, you know, the standard that they need, needed to be at this, this entire season? No, it hasn't. But at any given moment, he can get hot and be a guy that can give you 30 a night too. Well, and you mentioned his play hasn't been up to the standard. I think the, the constant changes to the lineup and the fact that they've been dealing with so much – has made it different for anybody, to, difficult, I should say, for anybody to get any rhythm yeah. this year. You know I love me a value, HD. Like, I love I love the opportunity to make a little money with a, a lot of money with a little investment. I'm looking here now, and, uh, you know, according to Caesars, Golden State is plus 1,100 to win it all. Like, I'm a little shooketh Ooh. right now. Like, you know, obviously you got the Celtics at the the lowest odds here, the, the, the lowest amount of money you can make. Uh, Celtics, then Suns, then Bucks, uh, but right down there, uh, at plus eleven hundred Golden State. Like that's just suddenly like little old me just maybe maybe put twenty five bucks well, on that. We, like, we we also have to remember double. now they have another player in which they acquired in a trade that was on their team last year, and Gary Payton the second. He's going to be coming back during the playoff stunt as well um, once he gets fully healed from his injury. So we're talking about three guys who were key contributors in, 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 in some of the main reasons why they were successful last year, and Gary Payton II, Steph Curry, and Andrew Wiggins. 
add those three guys to what they've been doing, and I like the Warriors and their chances. Yeah, there there is some level of what do I always talk about with us? Proof of concept matters to me. You know, when you start thinking about especially playoff series, been there, done that matters. Coaching matters. You know, the ability to adjust matters. All the things that we said a few years ago was a reason not to believe in Milwaukee until they actually showed it to us. Then they did, and we take that all off the plate. We've seen it time and time and time again when it comes to Golden State. So, frankly, as much as we talked earlier about the fact that all you need is for Phoenix to er, – sorry, not for Phoenix, for Dallas to get hot at the right time, if Golden State can simply get on the same page, like if everybody can get on the court at the same time, that's the most difficult part of this. Like if Golden State can get healthy with everybody at once, and I realize we say the same thing about the Lakers, the difference here is, Harry, we've seen this from Golden State. They can get on the court together, and they also know that right now this has very little meaning to them when all of their meaning will come in the playoffs. Yeah, and I know the mindset of this team. Uh, my brother Tony Douglas, uh, he played with the Warriors as well, and him and Steph Curry, their birthday are a few days apart, and you know, the mindset of these guys, the mindset of Klay Thompson, the mindset of Draymond Green, uh, the mindset of Steph Curry, I, I, I think those are three of the best mindsets in the NBA and, and the way they go about their business. And they understand one another 1,000%. That's key. That's tune key in, in winning. Tune in to NBA Action Sunday. The Lakers host these Warriors presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 3 p.m. Eastern on select ESPN radio stations. Where can Aaron Rodgers go and actually win a Super Bowl? We'll answer it next. Fitz and Harry. You've been listening to the Fitz and Harry podcast. You can listen to the guys live weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern on ESPN radio. And you can watch on the ESPN app.